Hello guys and girls, welcome to episode 79 of the F Reality Podcast. Finally, we're here. <laughs> Sorry for the slight delay. We had some major technical difficulties this week. Don't know what's going on, but thankfully we're here now. We're ready to deliver an awesome show to you guys and girls. So just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitch. You can tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on Anchor. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And leave us a nice review on iTunes. That would really help us out. Thanks to everyone that's uh, joining us live here today. Hello to you all. We always appreciate you being there every week. Uh, thanks for holding on. And uh, if you've got any questions, comments, or feedback during the show, make sure you put them in the chat. We'll try to answer as many questions as we can. Now, before I introduce you to the team this week, I want to say thank you to our sponsor of this episode of the F Reality Podcast. And our sponsor this week is Onward. Now, if you're not familiar, Onward is one of the original and best military tactical first-person shooters in virtual reality. It's the competitive game of choice for the VR League and the ESL. And onwards, you can squad up in teams of 5v5 for online play or go, go full lone wolf on some solo missions. With a huge update on the horizon bringing loads of new and exciting features, now is a great time to jump into the game. Check out Onward now on Steam or the Oculus Store. So... Now it's time for me to introduce you to the team. Now, first up, this guy's not a drinker, but he's a fighter. Don't mess with the Belgian bruiser. It's, of course, Rowdy Guy. How you doing, man? You all right? I'm good. I'm good, dude. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a drinker, indeed. Yeah, I, have, I didn't even know you, you, that you knew that, but you probably figured it out in OC5 that I don't drink any alcohol. It's not typically for a Belgian dude not to drink any alcohol. I have to explain myself at every party why I'm not drinking alcohol, but most often the reason is I'm already crazy enough. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Because we went to a couple of bars together, and uh, you, you don't drink. Um, but Belgium has some of the finest beers, so like, it must be hard. You're missing it out a little bit. Hard. Not denying that, yeah. but it doesn't <laughs> stop you from being rowdy. That's for sure. Oh no, a, you, you don't want to know what happens when I drink. <laughs> well, you're, we'll talk about that, sure, uh, in a little <laughs> bit, I guess. Uh, next week, uh, no, next up. Sorry, <laughs> uh, this guy loves nothing more than exploring the dark depths of space in Elite, particularly when playing with his hot ass. It's VR Twitch streamer, Zimtok5. How you doing, man? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, Mike. I, I had enough of Elite, and goddamn, I uh, I had to bail. I was like, oh, I'm going to do a week of Elite. And then and then I did four days, and I was like, that's enough. I, I can't do any more. But, you know, landing in an SRV and, and blasting around and all that, like it's great to use every piece of equipment you've got around your desk, like using, using you're, you're using your Oculus Touch Controls, the wheel, uh, the pedals, um, you know, keyboard, mouse, like literally it's like how many gadgets can you use in one game? So it's the only game I know that does that or allows you to do it. Um, but man, I've been doing a lot of tinkering this week um, on my new Vive room. So uh, if you guys didn't catch it on last week, I've uh, I've now got a room per headset. So I've got a PSVR downstairs in our living room and my Rift is here. It's my daily driver. And then I've got a Vive room with like now ample space. And I'll tell you, I'm like, like I've just got a permanent smile from that because now being able to do room scale stuff is, is, is really fun. Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. Next up. 
Well, now this guy is the uh, the proud owner of a virtual reality arcade in VR. You can actually go and visit it yourself. You're going to let this guy take you deeper down the rabbit hole. It's, of course, Nathy, my Frisian friend. How are you yeah. doing, man? I'm doing great, dude. Yeah. Uh, my own arcade. Who knew that would ever happen? Um, but it's awesome to have an arcade. Actually, yeah. it's even better than having a real one because it's a VR one. It's a virtual arcade that you can visit in, in Rec Room and it's free. You know, you don't need any quarters to play on the cabinets. Uh, you can eat popcorn on the house. You know, you can eat as much as you want. You can order all the oh, drinks yeah. you want. Also lemonade for Rowdy and you know, I, we have lemonade. Uh, awesome. and, and water too, uh, if you feel, uh, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my arcade in, in, a, in a nutshell. And oh, <laughs> we have Dance Dance Revolution and it works. Oh, nice. Yes. Nice. I think we all have to. We'll have to go and check this arcade out. You should out, check right? it out. It's awesome. I'm intrigued. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where where can we find it? Do we have to search for it in Rec Room or? Yeah. So um, if you if you are in Rec Room, um, you go to your little watch menu, then you go to create, and then you uh, can search for a room. It's called Nati Arcade, and then uh, you can hop in. That's how easy it is. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Go check Go check it out. So uh, last but by no means least, uh, if you don't know who I am, I'm Mike, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. In today's show, we're going to be discussing Nintendo returning to the world of VR with their upcoming Virtual Reality Labo Kit. I'll be talking about my trip to a Ubisoft's office where I went hands-on with Space Junkies on the PSVR. Zim's going to give you the lowdown on the latest releases next week, and we've got much, much more. First up, though, let's find out what everyone's been playing in VR this week, and their highlight of the week so first up is rowdy stepping up to the plate what you've been up to dude yeah i've i've actually dove back into some older games but i also tried one new title which was uh, shadow legend uh mm. from i think if, if i pronounce it right vitruvius vr um i don't know if that's how i pronounce is that do you know how to pronounce it Zim? I, I i had the same like the, i had to relaunch i'll talk to you in a minute about this but i had to relaunch the game a bunch of times every time the splash screen came up i was like how the bloody hell do you pronounce that name so i i don't know <laughs> yeah i tried that one i was uh, i was actually pleasantly surprised in the amount of detail that he put into like you know the small things like uh i still had some issues with the game you know i i got like stuck on a few loading screens sometimes but like restarting the game usually solve that but i was pleasantly surprised with the with the amount of detail that he put in it's like a dog that you can like you know you can use a stick and like you know throw throw the stick away you can also use your sword and smash the dog up so it's pretty awesome um you can you can uh, like how uh, you can uh, sear the steak you can get like a piece of steak sear it then go and feed it to the dog or for that matter you can also feed it to a horse uh so you know there's, there's a lot of stuff that is going on there's assassin assassin's creed mechanics you can like climb walls there's so much stuff that you can do in like such a small fairly small space but you hit the nail on like uh, quite a couple of things um i also really enjoyed the uh, the voice features that you can like you know you can speak like certain parts of like the conversation um it didn't always work perfectly before like i would say like 90 to 95 percent for me it worked pretty flawless uh, and it, it added a lot of hilarity to my my playthrough as well because i, I tried to like um sometimes you know like there was like a, a big block of text and i tried to say it in like a a, a beautiful way like and i would like use my hands and like be talking to like the wall and then i would forget like the rest of the text and then it went completely wrong which was uh, a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with this title 
So with uh, with this game, because there's been a lot of hype around this game, because there's two big games that came out this week, obviously Audica and this one, and um, I played the other one, so I didn't touch on, on Shadow Legend, but uh, I know a lot of people were really excited about this one. Uh, have you completed the game yet, or how far through do you think you are? Because no. I've, I've, I've really taken my time with it, uh, really like exploring it a little bit as well. I've only gotten past like the first part. I've only met like a few fighting creatures. Uh, the fighting mechanics are quite fun as well. Um, the the only thing I didn't really like about the fighting mechanics is that to like decapitate or to slice off an arm, you need to first like damage them and then like a line becomes available and you can like slice it off. It would have been, in my opinion, cooler or more realistic in a way if um, yeah. if I would be able to do that immediately. Like, you know, if right. I just hit them hard enough and right on the right location that it would just like fly off. Um, but I, I mean... I can live with that. I had the same yeah. frustration as Rowdy because I played it. Uh, I'd, I'd spent three hours in the game and it's meant to be like six hours long, but I spent an hour in just the first room because there's loads to do. And if you're dumb enough, like I usually <laughs> am, uh, to pick up a hot coal, like your arm goes on fire and you start losing health and stuff. And like, it does a lot of stuff. That damn dog stole my steak. I told you, Rowdy, I was, I was going to cook that for me and he jumps in and attacks me and stole the steak. So there's a lot of like proper VR that's done in that. And the only thing yeah. that I felt really lets it down, in my opinion, uh, and this, it was actually sold to me as like a Monty Python simulator. If you've ever seen that bit in Monty Python, where the, there's a black knight in the forest and he lops off both arms <laughs> and he's getting, yes. he's attacking you with his torso. Oh, yes, yes. The undead in this game actually do that. So if you lop their arms off, they're like they're like doing the whole like kick you, you know, try to try to kick you, yeah. um, <laughs> standing on one leg, which, which which is hilarious, and I really like think that's funny. But I found the combat like very frustrating uh, because it didn't feel like I was doing much to the guys. You're like you have to hit them like ten different times with block parry, block parry, hit 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 before you can kind of take a head off or take a limb off or whatever. So I think if they if they would allow a more uh, even if the if the enemies were going to like damage you more, um, I think it would fit in that game and in that genre a lot better, like a lot harder core um, mode of of combat is what I would have said if you know just to, yeah. just to bring that so around. I agree. And so, it was a huge miss as well that they that they didn't shout like ah it is but a flesh wound or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, no, so no, in the chat they want to know if it's a uh, early access title or if it's it completed. Yeah, it, it is, is an early. Is. They're still they're still working so, on yeah. it. And um, the other thing I was going to say about it is that voice command thing is is I thought it was really good because um, it, it, it took passages of text which are actually quite long, too long in my opinion. Uh, if you were just going to read them, especially in the font that they chose. Uh, but when you read them, you feel like such, you're like, I'm a knight. You know, I'm a knight of the round table that I'm going to, I'm going to address this fine lady who's flying in front of me. They've got pretty yeah. ladies in there as well, as well as like awful dead things. Yeah. But uh, game definitely seems, you know, for a team of what I understand to be two developers, uh, very well fleshed out. You know how we always talk about like um, games that, that don't do enough of use of VR controls or VR mechanics um, you know, you get in, you get in, and you just do some things, and you'll find that they've programmed for those interactions. It's a bit like I expect you to die that way. They've really done a lot of thinking about, you know, what players will, are going to try to do, like dumb things, and, and and have allowed you to do them. So I, they get huge kudos from me for that. So the one thing that put me off this game um, when I saw it, looking through the screenshots, were it looks like the same assets are used in many other games that we've played already. Is that 
true when you sort of get into the game or do you not notice that so much or is that just something that i've I didn't, picked up I didn't on? notice that because it actually okay. felt very fleshed out like also the world that looked pretty enough for me to like be like oh you know this is, this is well done it looked everything seemed to work fairly good together the yeah. only thing okay, i, I just steam as well i don't see it listed as early access though so do you, do you feel that's a deal breaker when you see a game having you know, uh, stuff that has already been used in other titles before. I think sometimes it, it when I see the studio, that, I think like if it's like if it's like EA that is doing it, then I'd be like, <laughs> uh, that's not how this works. But if it's like you know a, a sole developer with limited resources, yeah, okay, limited yeah. time, limited budget, I mean. For me, again, like graphics isn't everything, but I have to say that they focus on game mechanics uh, and I really applaud them for doing that because they're doing a lot of things right, I think. There's things that can be improved, but they're doing a lot of things right as well. What assets did you notice in the in the store, Mike? Because the only thing that I that kind of, I was like, is that from In-Death? Uh, was I saw a, a very nice, almost uh, Madrid-style like piece of architecture with a piece of a building, a, a chapel. And I wasn't sure if it was like a reuse, but I didn't notice anything else. I think it's just that aesthetic, you know, when I looked at it and you mentioned in death, it just kind of reminds me of those games, you know, and, and there's quite a few of them, I think, that use the same kind of overall aesthetic look. And yeah. that's kind of what put me off. But definitely on your recommendation, I'll check it out this week and then maybe I'll report back uh, next week. Uh, but what about you then, Zim? What, what did you play this week? You know what I played. <laughs> I played uh, so other than other than uh, Shadow Legend, which was one new title, and we talked about that. Autica. Um, so, you know, being 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 such a huge guy into uh, music and bass and uh, tactile and all that, I was really keen to get into this. And also being a huge harmonics fan of the uh, Dan Central era, but having seen the trailer. And previously having seen the trailer, I was like, that's a feck ton of stuff you're trying to shoehorn into a player who's uh, needing to time things with the beat. And to be honest, although that that came true, I would say, in Autica, in, in that you're doing a lot, a hell of a lot more, your brain's going to be calculating the angle of the shot. Um, there's a lot more going on than there is in Beat Saber. And I would say that if you take the simplicity of Beat Saber and say that's probably one of the best fundamental things that it did right, I actually, the way I see Autica now, having I played all the songs and all the difficulty levels, um, and as some of you know, I, I ran into some challenges with my, my tactile setup. I, I ended up having a, a dead cable or, or half-broken cable, which was made it really difficult to debug. Um, but but the, game, the game, I'd say, kind of takes a different path to Beat Saber, and I would actually say it's a step up, a step notch step up in complexity and in that space difficulty as well. But the songs they chose, like nine to 10 of the songs, I totally groove with. I think it's song two. Uh, I was like, I don't really like this song. But all the rest, absolutely. And, and the design of the actual configuration of, of the beats and how they introduce and layer on the additional challenge as you go through the 10 chronologically, and then as you upgrade through the different difficulties, I think is done very artisanly. Like I think they, they really did that well. And so I would absolutely flat out recommend this to anyone who is a, uh, a, a gamer who's played things like Box VR, Beat Saber we've already mentioned, Audio Shield. If you liked any of those titles and you want more, absolutely another wonderful set of 10 songs. And they're planning more in the future as well. So 
yeah, it goes without saying. I had 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 a good time. So, yeah. So if you have to choose between Beat Saber and Olika, which one would it be? And on another question, which one has the better songs? Oh, oh my, uh, Mike! I know you played this as well. I'll 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 give my answer first, and then I want to hear from you too. Um, I would. I still think that Beat Saber absolutely nails polish which is perhaps the one chink in the armor here, is that with all the particle effects that uh, Autica has, and it has a lot of those, even from when you blow the the uh, Autica sign away when you start the game, which I thought that was a cool thing. Um, there are some, like, it's not performance perfect yet. And this is just out the gates. It is early access title. Um, so I don't expect anything more than what they've already delivered. But in six months, my expectations are going to change. So right now, I'd say my go-to title is still going to be Beat Saber. And I still think that the Beat Saber songs, sometimes I wake up in the morning thinking, I'm playing Beat Saber. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, those songs are, are actually in my DNA now. So um, for now, I, I'm going to say Beat Saber. But I can, uh, if you are in for a hard challenge, and I, I am, uh, I can see now the road ahead. There are songs in Autica I want to go through i don't know what they call it you know equivalent of expert or advanced i i want to i want to 100 some of these songs so mike what about you yeah so um yeah like i really enjoyed Odica. i really enjoyed it but i know that there's a lot of mixed feeling out there about this game but i think a lot of people automatically compare it to beat saber and i think it's fair in some ways but not in mm-hmm. others because although it's a beat rhythm game obviously it has some some uh, you know similarities to beat saber in that sense it's very different in the way it plays yeah. and i would say that like you said zim it has a steeper learning curve yep. uh, and it's more challenging to play but personally i don't think that's a bad thing um and generally the negativity that i got about the game was from players that like the accessibility of Beat Saber and the easy pick up and play mm. attitude over that game. But personally, I like it being more difficult and I like having to learn the tracks again and really sort of get into the rhythm of it. And after about three or four hours with the game, I was like really getting into my groove with it. And exactly. To, to, to the point where I was like, now I just want to keep on playing and I've, I've hit this like addictive gameplay loop where I'm like, right, okay, I just want to push my score a little bit higher so I'm beating my friends on the leaderboards, you know? Yeah, I, I uh, would say you, 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 you've made some great points there, Mike. Uh, and I do want to pick something up from chat about performance. There's a known bug that the harmonics team uh, did talk to me about and I knew about and some early access titles uh, have this problem. You've all faced it before. If it's not the foreground window... If it becomes a background window, you've you've all tabbed two different scene, particularly if you're broadcasting or something, um, it will not receive the same kind of bandwidth in the CPU for whatever reason. So it will underperform. Uh, provided it's the forefront window, it's pretty good. But even when it's the forefront window, uh, sometimes uh, that that you know can still there are still suffering points. We had issues where you know every time we were blowing particles in, uh, apart, we were getting frame hits. So stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to do multiple tasks at once, but you know it's not the kind of thing you should be worried about if you're considering buying it. But Mike, what you were saying, I think if we were to compare the two games, Beat Saber is a you can get into Beat Saber in 15 minutes, and I think that Autica, if you don't if you don't spend at least two hours on it, um, mm-hmm. you're not going to get into the groove, which will then you know, hook you, you know, I'm, I'm hooked like you because I've spent yeah. that time. But I, I think you're right about the uh, the kind of learning curve there. So I think the, th- the main thing is like, you know, what people don't realize, especially when they watch the gameplay, is that you really do have to aim your guns and hit the target specifically and right at the right time, because otherwise 
too early or too late, you're not going to get the points. Um, so it is actually quite challenging in that sense. But when you get that rhythm going and you're really hitting the flow, and particularly for me, when you hit the the chain reaction uh, oh. beats, so you, you basically with a chain reaction beat, you hit the first beat and then you trace the line uh, afterwards. And it's so, so satisfying. That like quick like beat what, is so satisfying. I don't know if you'd like it or not, but the Afrojack song where you draw like like you first blast like twice like uh, horizontally and then you like draw this thing up and you just feel like you're like some kind of like futuristic champion with blasters. It, it's really good. So yeah, I, I totally you. agree. And I, I'd be interested to know how you got on with the game using the sub pack because I used the B Haptics uh, Haptic Vest and I thought the uh, audio to Haptics feature of the B Haptics Vest did yeah. a pretty decent job. Yeah. Like it was buzzing the whole time but it felt great so i didn't mind but it would be interesting to see your experience with the sub pack oh i mean um i i, I love my sub pack and uh i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i what i don't love is uh is cables the issue that i had so first off i played the game of the sub pack all three hours and i was like what is wrong with this it, there's no there's like like it felt like there was five percent bass and some of these songs i was like this doesn't make any sense and i'd sit down in my chair and i'd have monster cat running which is a music service provider and I'd have them running, and it would be, it'd be fine. I'd feel the bass is normal. I'd get up again, and I'd try, and I'd, I'd get nothing, which which made this really hard to debug. Uh, but then I tried it on a different headset and um, eventually worked out that it was a cable problem. It was uh, the male-to-male cable on it. But the performance in the setback is great. It's as good as it is in Beat Saber. I mean, it is, yeah. it is on par. Um, I have had now exchange with the... Um, uh, music technician behind the game and they've mentioned how they did tune with a sub pack actually and they did use it i'm like i can feel it I, I now it's working my cable's not broken but um i was for a time there just so um uh, kind of so confused about the whole thing i was like why aren't these songs giving me any feedback and even when i played shadow legend the day after things were working it was because it's one of those issues where you know the cable is is like straight it works and it's bent not working so internal break in the right. cable real pain right. anyway um yeah. yes the sub pack performance fantastic cool i think the only uh, the only thing i would say uh, just quickly before we move on from audica is that the track lineup um i think uh, uh, opposite from you i had out of the 10 tracks i think only four of them really stood out for me hmm. uh, I, I do think uh, like you say the beat saber tracks have that uh, they have those really great lyrics that you could sing along to whereas audica doesn't have that many lyrical tracks it only has like two i think yes. um so I think that's where they could step it up. But definitely, mm-hmm. I think it's a great start from Harmonix. And I think, you know, adding more tracks in the future and, and yeah. really tweaking it and polishing it is going to make this game, you know, go toe-to-toe. I, I, I think they diversify they, like they, what Beat Saber did, actually. I think like the, the songs that you play in Audica right now are ones they just bought, you know, with a license. And uh, what, what Beat Saber did is they make most of the tracks themselves. And if yeah. they do that mm-hmm. with Audica, they can really uh, make the most out of their game um, so hopefully they do that instead of only buying like I mean Afrojack and those kind of artists are great mm. to play on, but you know that that custom feeling that that's also branding because Beat Saber has its own tracks. Yep. It's a it's a branding thing as well. So I mean if you have some good songs that also perform well on Spotify, it's a great promotion overall. So yeah, yeah. and being and able to promote an indie uh, music developer is a wonderful thing oh, like like the, yeah. to, to lift them up along with your oh, yeah. game you get oh, yeah. this marriage that like it just feels like family then Beautiful. i don't yeah. think it's just worth noting like just to put my stand on it like i don't think it'll ever replace beat saber in my mind you know it, but i think it will be there side by side i think when i yeah. want that 
more complex challenge, I'll go to Audica. But also, I just want to quickly add that um, adding live support to this game really made the game look amazing to play. Like when you watch back someone playing this in mixed reality, it looks incredible. Beat Saber is a party game. Well, Audica is more of a, a game you, well, at this moment at least, play on your own to really take yourself for a challenge. I wouldn't play this on a birthday party because it has too much of a learning curve. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you play Beat Saber, it's fine. It's yeah. cool. So hopefully this will also become more all-round. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. There's so, a disappointing factor yeah. if you buy the game you might find, which I did, um, is, and this is obviously a challenge of, of store-to-store, is that if you've got Steam friends, you're not close home friends, you know, you're not oh. you're not seeing your scores at the base. Now, if you're competing globally, I do notice that they do list both Oculus and Steam store scores at the top. And I, I noted that in the top ten, it was the top ten or top twenty-five, uh, there was only one Oculus home player. So maybe that tells you something. But uh, there you go. Sim, could you lower your microphone a little bit because you keep on hitting the limiter? Uh, yes, I will. Cool. So um, moving on then, Nathy, what about you then? What did you play uh, this week? Well, I played Audica as well, so oh, okay. we, can, we can move on if you want. Okay, okay. What yeah. about the chat? What did what did people in the chat play this week? Uh, well, any updates uh, from them? Well, I did ask them, but that was like at the very start. So I like I then I need to scroll back in time real far. So maybe <laughs> I should just... That's sorry, good. but... Uh, That's yeah. fine. We'll move on then to okay, some cool. uh, quick news. And the first bit of quick news this week is, of course, uh, news from Valve, because we had some worrying news this week that had a lot of people within the VR community quite concerned. And that yes. was that yes. Valve had laid off recently 13 of their employees, some of which were from their VR sort of development mm-hmm. team. And of course, this got a lot of people concerned out there that this would delay or maybe altogether stop uh, them releasing some VR hardware or or this VR headset that has been rumored in the past. However, (laughs) there's no need to panic. Don't worry. We've got you covered. And we've got the confirmation from Lord Lord Gavin himself that things are going to be okay. So we had three emails that were sent to to Gabe Newell from Valve, from various people from the community. So I'll read them out and his response to each of them. (laughs) Quite interesting. (laughs) So uh, first email reads, Hello, Mr. Newell. (laughs) Very formal. Uh, There's a rumor circulating Reddit as of late that approximately half of the Valve hardware team has been laid off. Is there any truth to this? And Gabe replied, it was 13 people. It was a people thing, not a hardware thing. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Great responses, by the way. And they get even better. Next email says, hello, Gaben. Recent news about Valve and VR has gotten me distressed. Fair enough. Uh, (laughs) Is Valve working on VR still? Gabe replied, nothing has changed. (laughs) (laughs) And, And the final email, which is my favorite. Again, very formal at the beginning. Hello, Mr. Newell. (laughs) There have been rumors that some of the VR games have been shelved. Is there any truth behind this? Gabe replied, nope. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's clearly a wise man of very few words. Um, But I think he's confirmed it there himself. So no need to worry. Valve is still working on the hardware and software in VR. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just need to be patient. So Lord Gabe can bless us with these... uh, Oh, wait, so these layoffs are linked to hardware? 
I think maybe the maybe the direction they are uh, heading no, into. But I think it's it makes perfect sense for a company, you know, especially when they're in development, they work in stages. So people that get laid off probably worked into like an earlier stage of the development, being it hardware or software or whatever. They're moving on to a next phase, and those people, they're not really needed anymore. That's mm-hmm. quite common in that in that industry, and for a company this size. Again, contractors plus 13 staff members, that's not, that's not a huge number at all. I mean, when I was first with the, with, with the financial services firm that I'm, I'm employed by, I mean, it was, it, was, it was 120 people gone out of just my department, like within you know, the first, and this was even pre-crisis time. So it was like, you know, it, it, it's just a normal pruning. You know, companies yeah. have to do it. So I think I, also, I think for people who don't understand that cycle, they they can get a little yeah. bit a uh, little bit shocked by the whole thing. Oh yeah, I, I was surprised that Ned Brown also left because he was one of the you know like key roles for the whole VR thing. Hmm. But uh, hey, uh, moving on to a next adventure is never a bad idea. So. No, exactly. I think, like you said, it's a drop in the ocean for them. And, you know, I'm hoping that we'll get some news maybe from GDC, which is obviously Please. coming up in the next couple of weeks. We need it. Um, but I'll put my money on the fact that we've got this headset in our hands by the end of the year, without doubt. So uh, we'll uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Without uh, a doubt. But let's move on to uh, to the next bit of quick news, and that's uh, about Borderlands. Hmm. Borderlands 2 on PSVR. They got a big patch this week, and now you can play with the PlayStation Aim Controller, which I think is awesome. You know, it's something that we asked for and we highlighted when uh, Borderlands 2 first came out on the PSVR. And I think it's great that Gearbox are really listening to what the community wants and responding with these updates. Listening to us? <laughs> listening to us, exactly. We directly influenced it. So, uh, you know, be grateful, everyone out there. <laughs> no, 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 I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's just a case of them, you know, getting this feedback and, and fixing these things because they also fixed a couple of other things as well. And along with... Uh, PlayStation aim support, they also improved uh, the scopes in the game. Uh, This was something that I uh, highlighted in my review of the game where, you know, you pull up a a sniper rifle and the uh, scoped zoomed in view was very sort of pixelated uh, and a bit sort of degraded in terms of its quality. Mm. And also it was a very small window. And now apparently they've rectified that and the scope window is much bigger, making it easier to snipe. Uh, apparently, you can also turn off the crosshairs and you can turn off uh, the bigger scope uh, altogether now. So you can oh, just scope sweet. with the iron sights if you're a real pro at sniping. Uh, so, yeah, some nice updates uh, from Gearbox for Borderlands 2. Mm. But now the say- question is, how do you control a car with a aim controller? Good question. I don't know if any <laughs> of you guys have checked out this update yet, have you? And no, I, I, I know I, PD uh, tried it out, so maybe he can let us know how it is to drive with a uh, aim controller. The, mm. the one, the one, the one characteristic that I saw—I I watched um, a guy called PSVR Paul playing quite a bit, and um, and uh, I, I thought the one thing that looked a bit weird uh, was the glued together akimbo uh, controls. Where you, so you're if you're using aim, it controls both guns at once. So it's a right. bit like, but I uh, still yeah. found that to be a better solution than what Doom VFR did where you had, you know, a, a kind of an auto grenade throw and then the one gun oh. that was like this. So oh, you, yeah, you, yeah. you basically just have both guns moving at the same time. So it's still workable and it, apparently it still feels good. Um, but driving, I would imagine, would be very similar to like what I was covering in um, uh, uh, Honor and Duty uh, the either a week or two ago when we were talking about it, where 
you still have the thumbsticks on the thing. And so you don't end up yeah. using the controller to draw, you know, it's not like a, no, a no, Wiimote no. or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like thinking. I was like, hey, put it sideways and then use yeah, this. Be <laughs> but the thing is, Mike, that you were talking about there, which I found, which I find really, um, really uh, divergent in VR experiences, there doesn't seem to be a standard here just yet, is, uh, is scoping. Like scoping from right. game to game to game is so wildly different. And there's some really nice, smart, ingenious solutions that feel super comfortable in mm -hmm. that rec rooms got one um uh what was dean well, hall's game out of ammo uh has another yeah, yeah. totally different system of working uh, i just find that like i don't know if there's a scope standards board out there but oh. they should get together and you know set a set a base you know like I, I think what they used in Bardlands is not that great in terms of a scope because it's like your face turning into a scope in some way, and it, it's just not that 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 great. But we once played this 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 title. Uh, how is it called? A uh, Shadow Core, where ah. the scope was like super like nice animated, it's and so then good. you like I, I think it's the best scope we, I we ever tried. I hated that. I hated um, that. You, you hated that? Yeah. I hated that scope. Okay. I really didn't like that. Like, because indeed, like, it, it changes your face into a scope. That's not how it works. I don't like that. I don't know. I, I love that. I really like the 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 that scope. I it was like an animation in between of you like like diving into the scope. Like it was suck, sucking you into the scope, and then yeah. you became the scope. But yeah, I agree. Uh, being like the scope with your face is not the best solution. But so what I thought was really well implemented was um, Dick Wild 2 when they used the aim controller because you noticed that they modded all the weapons to have another grip, so it felt natural like you were gripping that part of the aim controller. So it would have been nice to Gearbox to add little sort of foregrips just to make it feel a little bit natural using these weapons. But, you know, mm. it's just a minor, minor sort of notice uh, on my behalf. So they didn't update the HUD at all because that's also an issue I had where I couldn't see my minimap because it was way too high up and my, like, ammo and stuff. They didn't really work on any HUD uh, changes? Not at no. all? No, hmm. just scopes and aim support okay. and, and crosshairs in this update. But Still I'm sure without that. doubt... We got the obvious question on uh, on Facebook as well. Like, is there any news already on when Borderlands will come to P PC VR? No news yet. No, um, it's going to be a while. I think it's no secret. It's just in the trailer. It's like down there. It says like, what was it like four months since the launch, or was it like six? So just watch the trailer, and it's in there. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned it on a previous show yes, that we, we thought it was going to uh, be around May May time. In, I think we, we estimated. Well, that it sounds be. familiar. Yeah. Mm. I think so. Might get delayed, but though. it's coming. It's coming. It's coming to PC for sure. Um, so let's move on to the final bit of quick news this week, and that is Humble Bundle. If you've got some spare cash oh. lying around and you want to buy some cheap VR mm -hmm. games, well, Humble Bundle is here for the rescue, and they're currently running a sale of over a hundred VR titles with what? some of the games up to eighty-five percent off. Yeah. So they've got some great deals on there. Uh, we've put a link to the Humble Bundle store in the description down below if you want to go and check it out. Some of the best deals that I saw on the store were uh, Skyrim VR is currently thirty-five percent off. I need to. I need. Uh, to, I need to profess and and com I've committed a sin, uh, even though I've, I, I said I would not. I paid for and bought another copy of Skyrim for my Vive room. <laughs> nice. Well, you got. Did you pick it up in the bundle? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like never buy bundle stuff because I've always got all the titles. But this one, I was like, I had to, I had to buy it again. 
Yeah, so there you go, thirty-five percent off, which uh, equates to twenty-five ninety-nine in British pounds, thirty-eight ninety-nine in US dollars. Uh, another good deal is Killing Floor Incursion, fifty percent off. That's down to nine ninety-nine in British pounds, and the same oh, in nice. US dollars. So that is a super nice game. If you can play somewhat with someone else, like find a co-op buddy, definitely recommend that one. Uh, same with the next one, which is Arizona Sunshine, forty percent off, twenty ninety-nine in British pounds, twenty-three ninety-nine in US dollars. And then uh, Fisherman's Tale, which is a fairly new title, only 10% off, but definitely still worth picking up. And that's 12.59 in British pounds, 13.49 in US dollars. Not bad at all. Yeah. Also, nice. to come back uh, to Borderlands, yeah, it's like May, somewhere in May. May time. Yeah. 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 Uh, so with the Humble Bundle deals, we're not sure when the sale is going to end. So if you want to get some of the juicy discounts, then make sure you jump on that deal uh, now while, while they're hot. <laughs> so uh, let's hand it over to Zim uh, to find out what we should be playing in VR maybe next week and some our, releases. It's our, it's our favorite favorite part of the <laughs> favorite part of the show where uh, where Zim juggles to get all the scenes uh, uh, cut over and, and, <laughs> and working and hopefully doesn't press the stop streaming button. So uh, releases coming up this week. Uh, a couple of a couple of interesting things. I'm going to start off with a favorite. Uh, we already covered pieces of this already, um, and that's going to be. A uh, bit of a news about about Beat Saber. Um, so we've all been eagerly awaiting the release of Beat Saber's DLC. Um, and and to clarify what this is, along with some tweaks to the the UI and uh, some other changes, um, it's very. I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, series of patches across the different platforms. Uh, for instance, I know PC players are going to be very interested to finally get the awesome uh, Beat Saber campaign. Um, I think people uh, won't even, you know, they'll be, they'll be hyped about the fact that there's new music coming. Um, but for those who are music demons and you know who you are um, and who just carve through 20 songs, you know, 20 songs, uh, 20 songs a week, um, you know, the new pack may satiate you for a week. But I actually think that the new campaign mode uh, on on PC, bringing that over from, from uh, PSVR is one of the, biggest things to get excited about uh from 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 my opinion so um with that uh let's go ahead and um just wanted to cover off a little bit a blurb from uh from the official twitter just to kind of cover off the details of that the specifics of uh what the what uh team beat saber <coughs> or beat games uh has said so from march 6th they posted this to say uh, upcoming pc update is going to be our biggest pc update so far we're bringing we're finally bringing you the long-awaited campaign in all five tracks from ost volume 2 uh, we are also because there were tracks that were released on i keep forgetting that on psvr that haven't yet come to pc uh, so that's See, important yeah and then we're also releasing our first music pack with this update. That's our paid-for DLC. Apart from that, both PC VR and PSVR contain uh, major changes in UI, several tweaks, and several improvements. And we're mm. sure you're going to love it. Um, which wow. And then there was a piece of news from last week, which I didn't mention, um, which is that Beat Saber is finally available in, on PSVR on that platform um, in, in Japan and the rest of Asia. Uh, which which it hadn't been before the seventh of March. So this is like a truck roll of you know quarter one Beat Saber updates, <laughs> and uh, I'm totally excited about the whole thing. Juicy, because juicy. I think I think Beat Saber is cementing itself as like this 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 game that will not only be a standalone VR uh, game, but also one of those games that people outside of the VR community 
also remember when they think back to kind of this time period, uh, mm. which is really exciting. Also because they're like everywhere. They're like on festivals. They have stands and like, yeah. you know, I've seen them so many. Most people that I know that that know that I do VR, they come up to me and say, oh, I played this game with like those like blue blocks and those red blocks. I forgot the yeah. name, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I know, and I know now, now, now the, 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 the top of the cake is basically them announcing their, you know, uh, uh, Oculus Quest uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I, I think that's it. gonna happen when you know they uh, um, tell us when they're gonna launch the quest. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I think they're just gonna they're gonna tag along with the big you know reveal. Um, but that that yeah. would, that would kind of finish it off already uh, for, uh, for this year. Yeah. I think what that everyone has to do. Uh, for those of you that are interested in the quest, is just mark the date, the 20th of March, in your diary, because that's when the embargo for all the press that are going to these events at GDC ends. So that's where we're going to get all the news. So yeah. mark that date in your diary. Yes. yes. Oh, we'll okay. see. Also, let us know in the in the chat uh, what your favorite Beat Saber song is. <laughs> I know that one. Angel Voices. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let me influence your vote. Um, okay, so three <laughs> titles uh, coming out uh, this week then. Uh, things that I think are, are, are quite interesting. The first one, I, I do like giving us, uh, giving people a chance for a freebie. Uh, so this one, uh, which won't be free forever, is called Haunting Hour. And is a, is a game that I, I certainly dreamed of last year. As I was escaping from real escape rooms, it's a multiplayer escape room. Uh, again, by uh, Glass Cat Studios, uh, launched on the Mar- on March 9th. so it's available now, and it's free for another six days for you to try out. Uh, you can buy it discounted for about three pounds, so it's about four dollars, and after that, it's about that was at four eighty or something, so it's about five or six dollars. Um, so not a, not an expensive game, but one where you cooperate uh, to es- to escape from what appears to be a bit of a goofy environment, but there's a serious challenge here because uh, you've got one hour to escape and it's it's, an, it's a multiplayer escape room. Oh. So this to me looks like it could be quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting thing. I mean, can you imagine the four of us in a room for an hour? <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting a multiplayer escape room for a long time, and I think there was one other. I can't remember the name of it. I never got to play it. Uh, but this one I'm going to hop right on because now with my, uh, you know, uh, my wife able to play right next door, um, it means we get a chance to go into it. So if any of you are interested in hopping into it, including those in chat, let me know. Hit me up, and uh, we'll do that. Yeah, so whilst quickly we're on the subject of escape rooms, uh, I just want to mention, because we talked about this on the show recently about shell games, and I said, you know, uh, talking about shell games again got me hyped for going back and checking out I Expect You to Die. So I just wanted to quickly mention that I hopped back on that this week, finally finished it, checked out the first class uh, oh, DLC, which is on a train. So and that game is just so well polished, so well done. And uh, I just really hope they bring that game to Quest. It seems like the perfect fit for that headset. Does that wreck your head, that, that train segment? Uh, a little bit, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. There, there were bits about that. There were there were lateral thinking bits in that final uh, puzzle. I won't mention, but yeah, yeah. You got to think Great. outside the box. Um, Very well done. The only other thing I was going to mention about Haunting Hour was this comment on Steam, and I had to giggle a little, a little bit. This they said playing in a full three point three meter by three meter space is highly suggested, but unnecessary. Who has that much space? <laughs> exactly. 
We're in Europe, bloody hell. All right. Um, all right. Next is a PSVR release. Again, I, I generally like to uh, highlight our PSVR friends and uh, give them something when we talk about releases as well. So I'll be interested in your feedback, guys, because I've not played this one, but I think you have. It's the Wizards Enhanced Edition, uh, which is launching on PSVR. Didn't quite get a cost for this, but it's been on PC for quite a while. Um, and they say, become a powerful sorcerer. Weave magic with your hands with the PlayStation Move controllers. Immerse yourself in a beautiful fantasy world and uh, it, and and um, enjoy this award-winning action-adventure VR spellcaster. It's got new locations, uh, appearance customization. Why that matters, I, I actually couldn't work out from uh, the trailer. And <laughs> I don't know if it's, if it's multiplayer. I, I thought it was single-player, um, so I don't know why the appearance customization would come in. Kind of like Skyrim, I was puzzled. You know, you can't, can't see yourself. Why does that matter? Maybe you, wanna, you can tell me why. Um, but they said they've made tweaks and improvements across the board comp- with comparison to the uh, you know the existing PC version. And that's coming out yeah. on March 12th. So which nice. of you have played this? <laughs> I uh, I played it on the... Uh, you mean the Wizards, right? The Wizards. I, I, I played it on... Uh, I played it with, with the Rift. And I also played the Go version. Don't don't buy the Go version, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that great. It's like... A, it's very boring. But the PC one is, is really awesome. If you want to be a sorcerer, yeah, you know. Thing, the thing they do really right is the uh, the way of conjuring the spells. Yeah. Like, that works so well in that game. Like, you know, you do, like, the hand movements. I really enjoy doing that because it makes you feel like you are, like, a freaking wizard. Because they're also so spot on and they're um, different and enough from each other that you don't, like, confuse them. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool story, too. Is that more like Harry Potter or Gandalf? Mm, no. <laughs> no, not not Gandalf or Harry Potter. I would say more like yeah. uh, it's like a spellcaster. So you use your hands instead. I mean, Gandalf uses like a what is it? Like a big uh, a log or a stick or I'm, yeah, I'm just saying cool factor here, Nathan. I'm just saying cool factor. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, I'm, I'm totally destroying it. Mike's um, Mike's like, don't you dare! My wife would kill you. I, I know, Mike. <laughs> she would. <laughs> last one. All right, last one. Who who for those who uh, who haven't had enough of of battle uh, battle royale when it comes to um, Apex Legends, which has been you know tearing up the scene for for a little while. Thought we'd uh, thought we'd uh, have a have a battle royale title uh, called Virtual Battlegrounds. Um, and before I uh, before I say anything more about these guys, um, I'm really impressed at their uh, URL, which is just playvbg.com. And it was just like short little things. So I was like, wow, guys, you got a good good nice little choppy URL. Anyway, it, it's a battle royale game. It's essentially PUBG. Uh, they've been working on this for about two years. And um, it's an apocalyptic, war-crazed island. The, the, the impressive things on paper about this game, other than that it's a battle royale game in, in VR, with a mix of real players and filling up with CPU players, um, is it's four square kilometers. So quite a big environment, and it's something um, that you'd be doing for all that time. One of the things I wanted to say about, um, about the developers behind uh, Virtual Battlegrounds is they, they had actually done two years ago, I'd say their kind of first foray, uh, was a a free to play open world game called Emerholt Prologue. You can still get into this and play it. I've I've not. I don't know if any of you have. Um, it's available on Steam, and that's spelled E M M E R H O L T. Um, and so you can still get into that for free. So I think from what I could find, it does appear that the Virtual Battlegrounds, essentially PUBG clone, um, will be free to play as well. And that's launching March fifteenth. So with that. Back to you, Mike.
Nathie's laughing. I think we've got some funny comments in the chat. <laughs> yeah, well, David says, I'm deaf now. And then and then uh, some people said, like, my ears popped and stuff like that. I hope everyone is still fine. Are you still alive? <laughs> Apologies. Yes. Bear with us. Well, they didn't love any, any, any sounded like memes as well. Because memes yeah. are usually also like super loud, right? So we became memes <laughs> for a second. <laughs> there, are people, there, there are people like typing in capitals. What is he saying now? <laughs> <laughs> My days. We'll get all this sorted for next week, I assure you. So uh, let's talk about our main two topics then. First up, let's talk about Space Junkies on the PSVR. So this week I was invited to go to uh, Ubisoft, their office uh, here in the UK, to check out Space Junkies before it releases on the 26th of March on PC VR and PSVR headsets. Uh, Adrian uh, Lacey, the head uh, lead on the game from Ubisoft Montpellier, was there. Uh, I've met him a few times now. I've met him at OC4, met him at at an event in London. And, uh, you know, whenever you meet this guy, his enthusiasm for VR is just on another level. He's just mm-hmm. he's just so much fun to be around and he's a, he's a really nice guy. So quick shout out to Adrian. Um, but yeah, we got to check out uh, Space Junkies. And uh, funnily enough, what I didn't know is that they've actually released this game in arcades already. Uh, it released in arcades in February and it's in over 100 VR arcades right now across oh. the world. So there's people out there trying out this game already, uh, but it will be, of course, coming to home users on the 26th of March. Um, I'd played Space Junkies before. We played it at OC4, which is like 18 months ago now. Uh, I'd also played it during the beta, which was around six months ago now. Yep. And since those times, they've been just like polishing this up. like So it's just super nice now. And uh, if you're not aware of Space Junkies, you know, it's it's really fast. It's visceral. It's 2v2 a shooter in space, competitive play. They've got like team deathmatch modes, uh, a, cr- a capture the sort of crown mode. So you wear a crown for a period of time and then you're highlighted on the map and the other team know where you are. Um, but it's very fast, very quick, very fun. Um, and it's kind of like, I would say it's like Unreal Tournament in space, basically. That's kind of the best way I could describe it. Um, but the one thing we I hadn't done is played it on the PSVR. I'd played it on the Rift, but I was really intrigued on how well it sort of translated over to that platform. So uh, I just can give you some details about what they've done with the PSVR version. Uh, first up, the game is going to launch using the DualShock controller on the PSVR. Oh, so okay. uh, no other control schemes will be available on launch. It's just going to be the DualShock controller. Hmm. And the way they've implemented the controls with the DualShock is a combination of button pushes and also tracking the controller. So the shoulder buttons, for example, will pull the weapons from your shoulder because you've got a a melee sword over your right shoulder and um, you've got your secondary weapon over your left shoulder. So they've used those buttons there. Uh, Triggers, obviously, are your your firing buttons, uh, thumbsticks to to move around. Uh, They've got only snap rotation uh, for launch, so no smooth rotation on PSVR, which is a bit of a shame. This could be changed, though, because it's still like an early build that I got to check out. They've got a good couple of weeks to uh, add it in there if they want to. Uh, interestingly, the PSVR version is going to be completely cross-platform play with PC VR players as well. And um, the the other thing, that though, they're missing is the hand gestures, because I don't know if you've played this game. They've got some amazing hand gestures, which they use with mm-hmm. the controllers, depending on the rotation of the controller. So 
when you're in the kind of social lobby before a game, you can clap your hands, you can high five, you can fist bump, you can do like a, a little gun emote, you can do like a little sort of like a holler, like this is rad sort of remote and thumbs up in it. And, and the hand interactivity is really well done. But unfortunately, they haven't been able to carry that over to the PSVR, but they are considering mapping that to maybe the D-pad or something like that to implement that in the future. Um but I know that a lot of people out there thinking that the PSVR version using a DualShock 4, they may be at a big disadvantage over PC players using fully tracked hand controllers. Well, there's a couple of things there they've addressed to sort of balance that out a little bit. For example, on on like PC VR, if you're carrying a shotgun, you'll have to reload after each shot by manually pumping the pump action on the shotgun. Whereas in the PSVR version, using a control pad, you don't have to do that. So it's a lot faster. Mm. So actually it could give you a slight advantage on the PSVR over the PC version. On PC, obviously you've got access to a shield which you can manipulate and move depending on the direction of fire. So that could give you a slight advantage. So they're really trying to balance out the gameplay. So not one platform has the edge over the other, which is really Mm. interesting. And I think it's one of the first games to actually do this properly, right? The easiest way to balance, I'll tell you, is release. Because then you'll get all the flack and feedback of what's imbalanced. But how how does that compare to like room scale versus snap rotation with also a front-facing camera? Yeah, so snap rotation, obviously you're going to have to be seated um, and you're going to be facing the camera all the time with the PSVR version and you've got snap rotation. So you won't be physically moving your body much. But someone on PC will just turn around instantly and and shoot someone. Yeah, they've got that. Um, But the, 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 the snap rotation is pretty fast, so maybe you might get around that. Um but um, also with the controller, you, you you have the precise sort of aim. So you're not aiming mm. with a, a thumbstick. You're aiming with by yeah. manipulating the controller. It's a bit like how uh, Astrobot implemented the, the the tracked controller movement in that game. It's many to many. It's a very say, complex balancing act, to be honest. I have to say, every time I watch their trailer, like I find it like amazing how they record like the faces. I always find I always wish like that we would be able to do that that we could like show our face in virtual reality how it looks like with like the screen that is like portraying oh, on the classic PlayStation so, uh, so ethically done yeah. yeah I can't wait yeah. for that but they've been toying with that like Oculus uh, and and several other companies have have shown that the whole kind of like assuming mm-hmm. what you know face you're putting on or you know not necessarily yeah. actually face scanning right. but based on your oceans yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but really, you know, like when I played it on PSVR, it's the same game, you know, like it's the same fun, visceral, fast shooter that you play on PC, although you're just, you're just missing that hand interactivity. That's yeah. the only key element that's missing. Um, but I think I'd rather it launch on PSVR with controller support than not launch on PSVR at all, you know? So yeah. well, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how the community pick it up and and what the feedback is initially and like you say this kind of the feedback on the stats so they can balance out the gameplay yes. cross platform uh, if it feels right, they'll pick it up well because like doom when it first landed i mean out of all the control schemes the d-pad was the best feeling one so for an fps i'm totally bought into their decision to be honest also yeah. i think they they i feel like they will add like move controllers maybe um but because they they want to make sure that the pc player base will you know thrive as well they need 
like it needs PlayStation users. If if there is no PlayStation version of this game, then the PC one is a ghost town. So they need to have it cross-platform. PC doesn't survive without console at the moment. So mm. it's a smart decision to do it this way and just add the gamepad for now and maybe upgrade later. Um, I don't know, maybe Space Junkies will, you know, perform on itself. But, I mean, PC, uh, the PC user base multiplayer-wise is still quite small. So having but, the console but, people in there would definitely help. I think I think the thing is, like, uh, if, if with the sort of lower quality indie titles that are multiplayer, they generally don't survive. But with these kind of AAA, very polished, mm. very slick games, they tend to survive, you know, like Lone Echo, Onward these other sort of Pavlov contractors, crew, you know, Star Trek Bridge Crew, yeah. they've is, still got a community around them. And with, two, with it two being 2v2, you don't yeah. have to rely on like big yeah. lobbies to play a game. But I mean, a, a polished shooter doesn't mean uh, automatically that it will be successful community-wise. I mean, uh, of course, like most shooters do better than any other genre right now in the VR space. But uh, for example, like Eagle Flight was an awesome game. But if you now want to play it co-op, there's nothing really happening there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, don't forget about Uplay as well. I mean, Uplay will be integrated here and not everyone mm-hmm. is a big fan of Uplay. So there are some, some, some positives and negatives here of, you know, but I think that, that having this cross-platform is amazing. I wish every PC multiplayer game had this right now, you know? Uh, yeah. And also later on with the standalone headsets, hopefully people can also play Space Junkies on that and join along. So, Well, funnily uh, enough, I did ask about the Quest and um, they said that they're obviously aware of the device. Um, you know, they've got one. They're playing around with the idea of it, but they're not um, ready to announce anything yet. So yeah, you, maybe... You kind, of, you kind of feel like Space Junkies compared to what we, uh, you know, played around with with like the, the whole, I don't know how we would call that, warehouse scale Oculus Quest running around yeah. like kids again uh playing paintball you know y- you could almost take one of the um uh one of the environments from space junkies flatten it out a little bit and it would almost fit warehouse scale perfectly along with their guns and everything i think the thing is like it's got so much verticality in the game that it wouldn't necessarily work so well because the idea is that you're floating around with a jetpack rather than physically running so it's kind of got a different um, Christmas level put them on skate yeah you know, job done. <laughs> Maybe. Give them jetpacks. Just give them yeah. jetpacks. On so, um, some other things. Quest. I do like that. I would love to try that just for science. So some other things I got to check out whilst I was there was um, they've got this really cool mixed cast uh, feature. They've developed it for the arcades and big tournament events. Uh, so you've got this kind of like um, back end which they can control, which switches cameras around the uh, the environments and the oh, different players. So if cool. they host a big tournament, they can really sort of make it look really nice, a bit like the Onward developers did with uh, mm. you know the events that we saw at OC5. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see some really big tournaments or big competitive matches, maybe at events in the future where Space Junkies is the uh, the game of the show. That's but. really smart for two different reasons. Esports and Machinima. Because mm-hmm. we still haven't seen, and I've said this several times on this podcast, enough foray of, of, of video producers in that doing Machinima. Like funny segments, like Red versus Blue equivalent over mm-hmm. here. That, introducing the camera before release is a very insightful thing. Uh, for these developers to have thought about. Oh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be uh, and launching it for us to work with, but definitely the tools are there for no. 
for events and arcades to utilize for sure. Um, The other thing that's interesting is that the PC version is going to get full mixed reality live support. Uh, And I'm really intrigued to see what that would look like um, being in a mixed reality view, seeing this game because it's so fast paced. That'd be super interesting. So did you hear Ubisoft say anything about transference? Like, because transference had a, an okay launch, but did they mention anything about like their previous VR titles and how they came to the fact of like building Space Junkies now? No, not necessarily. But like Space Junkies has been um, in development for such a long time now. I think e- even before Transference, I think Space Junkies has been worked on. Uh, like I said, the first time we saw it was like 18 months ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's really just been like polishing it up since the original concept idea. But, you know, th- the main gameplay is still intact, still the same yeah. game, essentially. You do have to applaud Ubisoft for, you know, the amount of effort and money and, uh, and stuff they put into virtual reality, because I don't think there's m- much more uh you know triple a developers that are investing so much time and effort into a vr title so mm. it's pretty and they're beautiful. so they're so passionate about it you know like i said yeah. this guy adrian lacy such a passionate guy uh, really wants to push vr forward and i wouldn't be surprised that once space junkies is out there that they're probably going to be working on some other uh you know vr title and hopefully maybe will use some of their famous ips you know they've got some amazing yeah. uh ips under their belt so rayman Raving Rabbits. They also made a Raving Rabbits VR experience, by the way. Yeah, for arcade. I saw that. Yeah, 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 I did. I've never seen Space Junkies in an arcade before. Is it is it something more in the US or more something they do in Europe? Where where can you find these like Space Junkies uh, stations? So it launched in arcades in February, so it hasn't been out that long. Uh, but they're worldwide: uh, Canada, US, Europe, and UK. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and some in Asia as well, actually, as well. I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yeah. I was say- uh, but you mentioned Raven Rabbids. Uh, they had, um, as you can imagine, like a dev studio like Ubisoft, they've got gaming stuff all over the place, big cabinets full of awards, uh, stuff that they've won in the past. Uh, and they had these like uh, almost life-size rabbits around the place. <laughs> uh, and I'm a big fan of Marion Rabbit, so it was cool to get a little selfie with a rabbit as well. Yeah. Wasn't, that, what, wasn't the rabbit from the picture it looked like it was bigger than you? So you're saying... Life size. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hobbit after all, so it, it makes it look bigger. Um, but there, there was also like a lot of buzz around. Obviously, the Division Two uh, coming from Ubisoft next week uh, around the office as well. So if you're excited about that, uh, that's one to look forward to as well. But it was awesome to visit them, get an insight into what they're up to. They had this kind of like uh, dedicated room for their VR setup. It was kind of like a big nice. uh, round circle with uh, half PSVR, half uh, Rifts, sort of mm-hmm. four of each, so they could run their own local LAN parties to uh, test out the game. Platform setup. Yeah, it was really nice. It was really nice. They had these really nice capture devices as well because they were talking about um, issues with running OBS in the background, uh, uh, OC4. I remember it was one of those games that specifically we couldn't capture any footage on. I thought it was a bit strange. Adrian kind of addressed the reason why and apparently it was just tanking their performance uh, on, on PC. So they've got this really nice setup now where they use these devices called Atmos capture uh, devices yeah. you slot in an ssd hit record yeah. and it captures your yeah. game and it was so nice so so nice so yeah, uh, yeah they also did at uh, at gamescom you know they had like a green screen setup ready cameras everything was super like uh, top notch and you could just capture something and take the you know footage home but i think it's awesome that uh, that ubisoft is you know inviting VR content creators over because it's rare. There is almost no company who launches a game and involves any 
any, let's say, YouTuber into that process, especially in the VR market that is still so niche. So, yeah. you know, Ubisoft doing this and having that set up ready for you, that's like the most luxurious thing you can have right now where you can just, you know, record something or even come to the office, you know, that's that's pretty yeah. special. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And they were looking forward to listening to the show. So uh, if you're listening, hello, Ubisoft team. Uh, but let's move on then to uh, to our next big topic, and, uh, and that is uh, Nintendo Labo. Uh, so if you've been following the podcast for some time, you might remember uh, back in August last year during episode 49 of the podcast, we were actually talking about the Nintendo Switch being used for VR. And that was because back then we had uh, a little tease from a guy called Random666 underscore KWS on Twitter. And he's like a, a modder and a hacker. And he was basically digging around the Nintendo Switch system files and found a VR test mode in there. And... Uh, Basically, what he found was when you activated this VR test mode that it split the display of the Nintendo Switch into two, and then you could basically have this kind of dual image, which would work nicely in VR. And he posted all these images online, and it got everyone hyped, and we, of course, covered it on the show. And we were speculating about what it would be used for, if it would ever come to to fruition. Is it something that Nintendo's just testing out? And then six months later, lo and behold, Nintendo have officially announced this week that they're bringing out a series of VR Labo kits. Now... If you're not aware of what Labo is, it's basically like cardboard kits which you assemble yourself into various different designs which utilize the Switch and the Joy-Con controllers to make fun and unique little experiences. And I think Zim's had a lot of fun playing around with these in the past. Like you've had fishing rods and and little cars running around. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, it's. I would say that when you first look at it and, and you're like, ah, it's going to be super easy. It's going to be like done in five minutes. It is a well-involved process. But I would say the corrugated cardboard that they have uh, with these, like it, it actually stands up the test of time. And if you have a two-year-old like drooling over it, it's not going to last. But uh, aside from that, <laughs> and aside from actually like forcing one of the arms to break, it's strong, uh, I would say. So uh, aside from it being a, a good time sink, if you've got kind of like a five to 10-year-old, or if you're just a tinkerer and you like these kind of things, I do. Um, I'm, I'm all into Infralabo because it's, it's fun. But just you need storage space for the gizmos that you create afterwards because like that fishing rod, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't reduce in size once you've built it. It, it just stays that big. So, um, you know, that's one <laughs> so, of the considerations if you're thinking about getting into this thing. <laughs> so what I want to know is where is that fishing rod now? <laughs> uh, I, was, I was actually going to bring it downstairs. It's up in the attic. We, we, we got halfway through uh, the fishing rod and there's like a, I can't remember, there's, there's another gizmo you create and then you can kind of fish in a pond. So we haven't finished that. We were doing some streams uh, about six months, seven months ago, and uh, okay. it was good fun. Yeah. Yeah, looking so forward to this though. This is great news. Great news. For sure, for sure. But it was interesting to go back and listen to what we were saying in the past on that episode and our kind of thoughts around what this might be. And uh, although most of us were pretty skeptical about how well a Switch could run a VR experience, uh, we did actually mention that it would be likely to be a Labo kit. And that was mainly from you, Zim. You were sort of showing the fishing rod in the video and you were saying, oh, it would make an ideal Labo kit. So hats off to you for uh, for giving us the heads up there. Um, Nathy was more on the side that they would maybe release a standalone headset uh, <laughs> and sort of like do something that. They were like, you were like no. In the future, I hope. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly but no we 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 had some good uh some good guesses but um this and new I just uh, didn't care at all like i was no, just i think you were very concerned about the resolution and we'll we'll yeah. touch on that in a little bit exactly um, but these uh vr labo kits you can you can buy a, a starter kit 
which basically comes with a plastic uh, goggle and uh, sort of lenses uh, with a blaster gun as the sort of starter pack. Uh, this is going to be the base kit, and this is what you'll need for the expansion packs as well. And this is going to cost you around 40 US dollars. There's two expansion packs. Uh, one expansion set includes a camera uh, and an elephant with sort of associated experiences. And then expansion set two includes my favorite, uh, a wind pedal and a bird. <laughs> and the bird got everyone laughing because basically you hold the bird's butt up to your eyeballs like it's, you're looking inside its butt. That's it's, like the, it's like they looked at like accounting plus with like, you know, like all the Rick and Morty jokes. And uh, they kind of like use that. That yeah. is a concept to make this. Yeah, exactly. These both of these expansions are going to cost around twenty US dollars each, or you can buy like the big bundle, which includes all of it, mm. uh, which is going to be around eighty US dollars. I do oh. find it a very uh, hefty price point, though. But for 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 if you look at it like you know going to a cinema or something, like the amount of hours you get out, I mean, for what we paid for the the kit that we bought, it was what fifty quid or something, uh, UK pounds, and and you actually you end up. I mean, we we're easily going to get eight hours or more out of that. So, yeah, but still, like you know, like I mean, you still need to put it together, of course. You know, that's part of the fun. That is, but yeah. at the same time, it's like IKEA charging you more for like uh, putting it together yourself. Uh, I mean, I love I love Rowdy's like, and you have to put the thing together. What do you want it delivered to your house, pre-assembled? <laughs> <laughs> Like, five years ago this would have been cool you know like um, when all the cardboard was coming out and then if they would have come out with this i would have thought like oh yeah it's 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 neat but now you're going to be putting it together something and it's going to be what 720p resolution divided by two because you need it per eye mm -hmm. yeah. so they haven't shown any of the gameplay you know they've announced a few of the titles but they haven't shown any gameplay so we have no idea how it will actually look like i don't know like it feels a bit like it feels like a bit like a quick money grab. Yeah, but yeah. like, when was the last time that Nintendo put something out that you said, "Wow, that quality, the quality of that product is just shite"? Oh. And don't say Nintendo Labo, because if you say Nintendo Labo, you're off the podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I never like Nintendo. Nintendo makes quality stuff. And this is exactly my point because we discussed on the previous episode about the resolution, and you, you hit the nail on the head, Rowdy. It's the resolution of the Switch is twelve eighty by seven twenty at sixty frames per second is the maximum frame rate, um, and you're effectively halving that resolution in half to have it in VR, right? Um, but just like what these guys says, you know, Nintendo over the years have never really released a half baked product, like maybe back in the Virtual Boy days, but that was a long, long time ago, and I think. You know, with all the criticism over Virtual Boy, I, d I think they would rather not release a product like this than release something half-baked. And that's kind of where my faith is with Nintendo I right now. I think they're giving them too much credit then. Mm. I mean, I, I do agree with that the, the products that they release, but I don't I don't think that they see this really as a, like a full-fledged product. It's a, an additional kit that the Switch is the product and you buy something to have you know, your five to 10 year old have a little bit of fun with it. And for a five to 10 year old, yeah, I can imagine it's probably a lot of fun. I think the fun is in the building the thing and not in the actual product that you ultimately receive. But that's it, like Nintendo, the stuff for Nintendo is for kids. I'm sorry to break some people's bubble. If you are a kid at heart, fine, you know, then it's also for you. But mainly the stuff they make is for kids. And they also have, of course, these 
top-notch games like Zelda. Those are not for, you know, kids. They're pretty hard to beat. But overall, like Labo is made for kids. You know, it's, mm. it's made for, you know, a family so they can, you know, make something together, build their own headset and dive into VR. And I don't but, think kids are going to be like, hey, you know what? You know, I played uh, on the Rift and uh, I played on this and yeah, this sucks. You know, uh, resolution, yeah, screw this. They're not going to say that. They're going to be like, whoa, I'm in the game. Whoa, look at this. It's maybe. so cool. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hearing my daughter now saying to me like, daddy, the resolution's a bit blurry. Yeah, how many, yeah, <laughs> this isn't as good as what we've got upstairs. But this is, this is for like, these are going to be bought by families who never had a VR headset before. Exactly. And it's it's. But I find that a bit worrying because that's. I, I knew you would come into this. Yeah, go on, Randy. Go on. I, I, I'm thinking like people are going to try this and they're going to be like, oh yeah, you know, VR is definitely not ready for. It. I'm like the dad is going to try it one time as well because he wants to see how virtual reality looks. He puts it on. He's he's like, oof, uh, no, I, I prefer playing on my PC, you know, in HD or whatever. And then not thinking about like artists, oh, the other devices that are out there are maybe you know a, a lot better. Like, I, so you, I don't know if this is... Yeah, so you think it might be a little bit harmful for people trying it as their first experience? If they're expecting a virtual reality experience, then yeah, I do think so. But if they if they find a fun building it and like, you know, having fun with it, then sure, by all means, go ahead. But don't so think that you're, you're, you're going to have a full-fledged VR headset. Yeah. yeah but that's so you're telling me... The- you're telling me though that you don't want to put a duck's ass on your face? <laughs> I do want that. I do want that. Yeah, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. But I think that depends. Like, like you know, Nintendo has a certain audience that I don't think ever tried VR before. So we'll see how they are going to respond to this, and we'll see what that brings. It could have a, a very positive impact on VR. It could have a negative one. It could be a mixed one. We'll see. I, I'm I'm kind of like in the middle of like let's wait and see what happens because it will translate. That's, that's always. I'm just know. I'm just stating the opinion that I that I feel yeah. about a product that is that is not released yet. You know, nobody knows how yeah. it's going to be. We don't I know how the games that, are going I, I to be. Like, honestly, from my perspective, I think this is an this is super awesome. It's a playful way of bringing VR to kids. Kids never get the opportunity to try VR because they are not getting targeted at all. This is the first time I see a company specifically aiming something towards kids and yeah the rest of might not be great but aside besides of that you can build your own vr headset and this vr headset has been made specifically for a certain mini game that works with that and i think that's 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 a genius concept uh, in the first place you can build like how many like six headsets you have six different cardboard headsets that you can make and the starter kit is 40 bucks if people uh, think because most people are just going to buy like the 40 bucks one first and if they then don't like it they don't buy the rest fine but if you do like it you can upgrade but 40 bucks is not a lot of money because this is of course aimed towards people who already own a nintendo switch yeah but if you want to build if you want to build your own it's very easy you know get a cardboard switch here done yeah I want to be fair to Rowdy because uh, to be fair to him, he's not the only person with this kind of viewpoint. And yeah. when I posted about it on my social media, because I'm pretty excited about it, uh, there was a lot of criticism, you know, uh, people saying that, you know, because of the resolution, because of the frame rate, uh, will the experiences be good enough? Uh, will it damage VR? Ultimately, will it be harmful in the long run? I don't know. But I think I'm going to be uh, optimistic with uh, what they're bringing to the table until I try it. But I'm definitely going to pre-order this uh, when it's up for pre-order on the 12th mm. of April. Uh, I don't know about you guys. Are you going to be pre-ordering this as well? 
I, w- I will definitely go for it because um, I, I, I'm convinced by the quality of the initial Labo kits. I, I was I was thinking that they were going to be, you know, not maybe a lot easier to break. I'd have to be guarding my kids from touching them, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but generally, we had fun with them. I'd say I definitely thought that they would be, let's say, more age appropriate. My kids are pretty good with technology and stuff like that. Um, but like the building process... There's no way, like, if I, like, I really don't think like a, a four-year-old can put that thing together and follow. You just don't have the patience because you slot in the card, you, you follow the instructions, and it takes a long time. It takes a lot of patience. So it's definitely yeah, a family the, thing. The charm the thing, of the uh, of the level uh, level kits, just in general, that it's like it's it's a way of like kids to like experience building something often sure. together with a parent because you know, and that is where I think the charm is. I'm not excited for this product because it's a specifically a vr product i also don't think it's going to damage virtual reality i mean uh, nothing can damage virtual reality anymore but i i think it's a neat addition to the entire level uh level kits i think oh. that, is, that is definitely the case yeah. i want to I highlight another thing that is not obvious to someone who's who's not got a family uh which is this is a great like family date night thing where if you've yeah. not seen your partner for a while because you're off doing this thing and they're off doing that thing and you're you're struggling and balancing between kids. Oftentimes it's like, what are we gonna do? And the end up thing might be, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna just, you know, do the default. We're gonna watch a show together or we're gonna, you know, play a board game or something. Having something else different to do in a house is like a really nice thing. So yeah. this is one of those things that kind of came along. And it's like you can do this and at the same time be entertaining the kids because uh, you're you're producing a product that they can play yeah. with and you can, all that kind of stuff. So having that come in and with the VR bit. Uh, quality level, I'm not concerned about. The only thing that I, that I find to be very interesting is if you add the price of a Nintendo Switch and these kits, you basically add up to the price of like a Rift. <laughs> so, right. you know, the total cost of ownership for all those bits is a bit I, high. But, um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I do good like, on you, Nintendo. I, um, you know, the, 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 the part that makes it so interesting is that uh, it becomes a social thing. And usually when a family buys a headset, it's maybe a shared experience, but usually, you know, it's more of a serious device. This is very, you know, colorful. And mm-hmm. I feel like it becomes like a social unboxing where everyone's like, oh, what is this? And how do we put it together? And everyone gets excited and, you know, comes together at the table to build it and maybe even learn how a headset works because... You know, you don't only use cardboard, you also use this lenses adapter that you attach on the on the switch. And maybe because of them building it, they will also understand kind of how VR works and why, you know, purpose things- of every level kit basically out there that you mm-hmm. learn how, yes. you know, it's, it's engineering for kids. I've never seen another headset telling me how it actually gets, because I can't put it together because it comes out of the box and it's there. But this is, you know, you built your own cardboard headset. I can't, I can't wait to find out I'm, what the software is. Happy that Oculus hasn't sent me like a pre-assembled, uh, like a non-assembled kit. Oh, and okay, yeah, like, okay, like, uh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So unlike Zim, I don't have kids, but to, to quote Zim, I, I'm just going to say to feck off everyone else, uh, this is for me. I'm just going <laughs> to get in my little man cave. I'm going to build these kits. I'm going to stick a duck's butt on my face and I'm going to have a great time, I'm sure. But uh, that makes you happy, Mike. <laughs> you, know, you know, the funniest part is that this might be the the uh, biggest selling VR thing ever so far. <laughs> and it, officially, it's still in the VR lineup. This is VR too. Um mm-hmm. 
maybe it will have more users than than the PlayStation VR. Who knows? But also, you don't know what kind of impact this might have at Nintendo if it sells incredibly well. Maybe they think, mm, you know, the interest in VR is increasing. Maybe it's time for us to yeah, read. don't know what's going on behind the scenes at all. So it, this could be like, because Labo is like another level of what they are working on. It, um, it's just one of the, it's another one of those players, major players. You know, we're still waiting on Apple. We're still waiting on, you know, I, I dare say Microsoft's Xbox department. Uh, you know, and, and a couple of other players to just even dabble. So seeing Nintendo actually, after all these rumors have been spinning around and after, you know, all of the guesses that we had, finally yeah. them coming out, it's like, great, thank you. Yet another one who's convinced, I mean, at a corporate level to invest and to actually push a product. And they've they've done it as pioneers as they always do. What I read in this is the same kind of ingenuity that they poured into the Nintendo Wii and that's what gets me excited yes. because this is only one stepping stone and there are more to come. So that raises a really good question. Like out of all the other big companies out there, if you could choose one, who would you like to step into the VR space? Come on, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm a, okay. I'm going to Apple, obviously. Yeah, okay. What about you guys? Um, well, I mean, yeah, Apple. Um, and also, of course, Valve, if if everything is true, what they say, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you, Rowdy? I know you're a big anti yeah, person, so that, that would have been PlayStation, but they're already fully invested in there. Like, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say Android. Android, but they're they're already a big part of uh, VR anyway. Obviously, yeah, you know, the, the Go and the the Quest run on Android, so it kind of beat us there. Hardware, right? You know, hardware related. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But guys, like, imagine, imagine like Nintendo right now, you know, behind the scenes, they're like, okay, let's just throw this out as like a decoy and I was going to laugh and I was going, what are they doing, you know? And, you know, they're, but I, I mean, targeting kids is like, they're the first ones to do this. So they found, they have their own market. And as I said before, kids at heart too. You know, I'm not saying it's only for kids, it's for adults as well. I mean, I love Nintendo. I have a Switch myself as well. But, you know, if they would come with a standalone VR headset in the future, it would be great. But I'm not so sure about that because Nintendo makes hardware that is, well, you know, uh, it, they, they do want it to be cheap in some way, you know. It need, everyone needs to be able to buy a Nintendo uh, console. And they have always been, you know, um, hammering on that. Like, I, as a kid, bought a Nintendo DS and DSi and XL because they were cheap. Like you could easily buy them. Well, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, stuff like that was always super expensive. So now having a, you know, VR kit for 40 bucks, dude, that's so cool. I mean, first you bought this is exactly it, right? (laughs) This is exactly it, right? Like they're targeting the DNA, right? Of of the world, in a sense. Because they're when you're targeting young, what happens to them? They get 10 years older, all of a sudden they're teenagers, 10 years older, almost all of a sudden they're, you know, joining the workforce, earning money and spilling loads of, loads of cash. So forget the dad who picks up the headset and, and you know, says, oh, VR is not for me because this is low resolution. He's going to die in 20 years anyway. So like these kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, these kids are the right market to be targeting. And if we, if we want a VR yeah. revolution, thank you, yeah. Nintendo. You've just, uh, you've just spawned the right... So your starter. point is there is 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 brainwash them young and then we'll have a, a VR generation in the future. Yeah. I like it. Works for how many governments, Mike? Works for yeah. how many and governments? And, and it's an eco-friendly headset too. 
Like, if I throw my Rift or my Vive or my Pimax into the bin, I don't know what they're going to do first, but they have to melt the whole thing. Then then I don't know what's going on. It's plastic. Like, yeah, okay, so there's a piece of plastic in there. But overall, it's made out of cardboard. So it's good for, good for the environment, yes. <laughs> so I'd love to know what the chat think of this Labo kit. Um, I'm just going to sort of reiterate the show times as we sort of wrap this show up. Um but yeah, I'd, l- I'd be super intrigued if they're going to be buying one or they're skeptical about it or, or what they think. Uh, but just a reminder, this is a, a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch. Tune into the show live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. Or check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and Anchor. Apologies again for our technical difficulties during this week's show. Uh, we'll definitely try and get them resolved for ne- next week. If you're an audio listener, you probably won't have to put up with any of that stuff because I'd have cut it all out. <laughs> so uh, well done to you. Um, but yeah, let us know uh, what the uh, the chat are up to then and what they think of this. Yeah. Uh, Flippo size says no label for me. Uh, Great tantrum says I think it's good for VR coming from Nintendo. I think they will not make the same mistake from the Virtual Boy. Um, average expected lifespan for a father is twenty years. Got it from Benjamin Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love uh, the fact that like Zim's parenting advice has become a weekly part of the show now. <laughs> Last week he was like kick them out of their bedrooms and, and put a VR setup in there. And this week he's saying that you'll be dead in 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being a real realist, Mike. Uh, we also got on on uh, on on Twitch. Uh, Short Power said um, it will be the gateway drug for all the preteens into Quest. Uh, and it says, oh yeah, the Nintendo Labo VR got uh, crapped all over by the entire chat uh, on on VR three six five the other day. Uh, VR enthusiasts are not thrilled with this. So again, more of the poisoning as well. Tiago is saying on, on YouTube as well, you guys are not the target of Labo because we are hardcore VR guys, but something cheap with a huge install base can be a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, and right. I and I like let just to be clear, I'm not trying to like crab all over Labo VR. I think it's an awesome like little addition to the entire Labo VR, but it's not like oh, it's not like gonna be like a VR headset that I'm gonna be look looking forward to. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always nice to see like a, a new player like add something. Anything yeah. in virtual reality. I've, I've, I've seen also a lot of reactions in the VR community about this. And, and I, I think that, for example, 365, like, shut it down pretty quickly. While I'm like, you know, just wait and see when it comes out what the reactions are going to be. Mm-hmm. I think you would be surprised um, how what this is going to do within the VR. Yeah. Uh, and even though it's a low, even though it's a low tier, technically low tier, low price point, all that kind of thing, low, you know, low quality headset. It also has a lovely uh, attraction factor away from the other junk that's on the shelves in places like Walmart and that, you know, oh, all yeah. across the U.S. Oh, yeah, it's going to be in uh, every store. Those of kind of stores. Because yeah. yeah. instead of, if you're like, what am I going to spend my, you know, $40 on? Would you choose a Nintendo product or would you choose a, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. no, Quidditchcom, right. uh, <laughs> you know, headset? <laughs> QuidditchCon, oh, yeah. right. official uh, sponsor of Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike's wife. I'm beating yeah. up on uh, Harry Potter this this podcast. Blasphemy. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys and girls have enjoyed the show, despite our technical issues. But uh, like I said, we'll get them resolved uh, for future episodes. We always uh, enjoy interacting with you all in the chat. 
some of your funny comments uh, always have us laughing. So we really appreciate you joining us live and, and, and cheering us up. Um, but yeah, have a great week in VR. We'll be back next week. No doubt uh, some, some fresh news. We're going to be talking about GDC predictions next week. So it's going to be an exciting show to talk about. So until then, have a great week in VR. And as always, we'll see you on the next one. So until then, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.